0: Continue this week on adding to your faith. We started last week with adding to your faith. So I asked this morning, how many of us practiced this week on adding to our faith? Hallelujah. Or should I ask, how many of us was forced this week to add to our faith? Forced to Show goodness in the midst of not so good. I can raise my hand on that one. Forced to persevere through the rough week that you had. You didn't give up. You didn't say no, but you called on the name of Jesus because you know where your faith lies. The world will make you add to your faith, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. And it's okay. It's okay. In that moment, understand what's going on in that moment. As we went through these yesterday, understanding that moment where something came upon you this week and and you paused and say, wow, when you needed patience. And patience wasn't in you, but you remembered the word of God. (laughs) And you pause. Say, Lord, I need your patience right now, Lord. I need that patience, Lord. These are the things that God is teaching us through his word. That happens in our everyday life. That's why he warns us about it. That's why we must pay close attention to God's word. Because he's telling you what's going to happen in your life. These things will happen as soon as you walk out that door and you'll say, "Wow, we just heard that. That's how amazing God is. He know you, He know everything that's going on before it even happens. Amen. Amen, Amen. Amen. So as we journey through this adding to our faith, last week, remember, Peter reminded us that this faith that we have in Jesus Christ Is not produced by ourselves. You did not produce this faith that you have. It is a given faith. It is a given faith. Simon Peter called it last week. He described it as a precious faith, which it is. A precious faith. A faith that we have all received as we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have accepted and receive faith by God. You have responded to the call of God on your life. Through your acceptance of Jesus Christ, you have responded to the call of God. God called you, and you answered. You answered. You gave him a big old yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God blessed you with this precious faith that you have. You said yes, and he said, here you go. He blessed you with everything that you need. He blessed you with this faith so that you can be a blessing to others, so that you can spread that joy of that faith to others, so that you can make this world, this corrupt, evil world, some type of way, a better place. Whether it's in your home, your community, on your job, in your church, that, that faith come out. That's what he wants, church. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you heard God's word and you answered, you You responded. To God's word. And you accepted that faith that you share with every believer around the world. That same faith that you share with every apostle, disciple in the Bible. It's the same faith. You have the same faith that you read about with Peter in the Bible. You have it. You have it, church. You have it. You believe that Jesus is the son of God. And you made a commitment to get your heart right with God. Remember that commitment? That commitment of faith. God, that I want to get my heart right. See, this is what we said yes to, church. This is what we said yes to. That we will die to our old self. That we will die to that sinful nature. And that we will give our life. To Christ. And we allow the Holy Spirit to live within us, to grow us, and to change us to be more like Jesus. That is what we said yes to. And he has called on us to add these characteristics of him to our life. To be more like him. To help us. To grow us, church. To grow us. And when we do that, you would then see the process of transformation in your life. From the old life to the new life. From the sinner to the saint. That's the process of that transformation of your faith. But... It's always a but. But if you're not growing in your faith, if you're not adding to your faith, you or no one else will see that transformation in you. It won't happen. It won't happen. So as we review, as we, uh, in 2 Peter, where we left off last week, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7, Peter encourages us, for this very reason, make every effort, every effort, church, to add to your faith. These are the characteristics. He says, goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. He says, add these things to your faith. Because Peter knows the end game. Peter knew the end game. That for every believer, the end game is to be more like Jesus. That is our end game to be more like Jesus, to be separated from this corrupt world and join in the divine nature of God. That is the end game, to be able to receive our crowns when this life here on earth is over. That's the end game. So what are some of these characteristics, church, that you may need to add to your faith, that you may need? Because maybe you're not where God wants you in your faith. And the great thing about it is you recognize that. You recognize that. It's like this. Everyone who received Christ has the Holy Spirit within them. You have the Holy Spirit within you to make you better to change you, to make you set apart, to make you feel different. But you may not see a change. You may not feel changed. You may not feel set apart because maybe you're just not adding to your faith. Maybe your faith is stagnant. Still not moving at all, not growing the way Jesus wants. So you see no change in yourself, and you're wondering why. Because you're not growing in your faith. You're not adding these characteristics to your faith, to your everyday life, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So you have help. You're not alone. You don't have to do this on your own. He's the one in you, working through you to bring these things out of you to be that blessing, church. To be that blessing. See, through the Holy Spirit, you have the fruit of the Spirit within you. You have these things, but you have to intentionally bring them out of you. Bring them out of you. You have... Love, you have joy, you have peace, you have patience, you have kindness, you have gentleness, you have self-control. You have all these things in abundance, in abundance. God has gave them to you in abundance, in abundance. But if you don't intentionally bring them out, they would never be seen. You will never be a changed person. You will never be a person set apart for the work of God. It won't happen. Unless you let the Spirit take over. Adding these characteristics to your life. The Bible tells us that we must be transformed. But if we are not intentionally adding these things into our life, there will not be a transformation in your life. That's just the simple fact of it all. Add these things to your faith. So he tells us, if you want to be more like Jesus, for that very reason, make every effort. Make every effort. Don't let nothing stop you. Make every effort. Be committed. Be determined to add these things to your faith, church. And he started with goodness. Is your life characterized by good morals? Is your character good? Is your speech, your actions, your choices morally in line with Jesus? If not, Let's make sure we add this to our faith to be more like Jesus, church. And then he said, add knowledge. He said, add knowledge. Spending consistent time seeking to know God through the study of his word and prayer. Are we doing those things to add to our faith? Intentionally seeking, reading, studying the word of God to grow in our faith, to pray, to commune with God. Not being under the word, but being in the word, church. Soaking it all in. This word changes you. I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness. Then he says self-control. Self-control resist anything that God doesn't like. Simple as that. Simple as that. If God don't like it, don't do it. Simple as that. Self-control. That cuts it right down the middle. God don't like it, it's over here. God like it, it's over here. This is what I'm doing. It's simple as that. Simple as that. Self-control. Not on your own strength now, by the one that's working in you, the Holy Spirit. Call on him. You have an inner man within you. You look in the mirror and see yourself, but you don't see the one that's in you. He's there. Call on him. He is your helper. He is your counselor. Hallelujah. That's who he is. He is the better version of you. Then he says perseverance. Perseverance. No matter what life throws at you, handle it, endure it without compromising your faith, without turning your back on Jesus. No matter how hard it gets, stand strong in your faith, saints. Don't give up on Jesus. His promises will come to pass. Show the doubters what Jesus can do. Never compromise your faith for this world. It's unpleasing to God. It's unpleasing to God. I know sometimes we think that the worldly things are So much fun, so much better, so much gratifying. But it's only gratifying to the flesh, not the spirit, not the spirit. And when you gratify the flesh, the soul dies, church. The souls die. You're walking around as a dead person because you're living in the flesh. Your spirit is not alive in you. You're walking around like a zombie because your destination is hell. Your destination is death. Let's rise up, church, and walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Godliness. Your heart must be devoted to God. Your heart must be inclined towards godly things. If you were Christian. You are drawn towards godly things, not worldly things. God is holy. We are called to be holy. Our lives must be centered around the things of God. Centered around the things of God, meaning God comes first and the things of God come first in your life. There's no no exceptions to that. When we find ourselves doing other things before godly things, we're, that's the wrong order of things, church. It's the wrong order of things. And I know we're not perfect, we never will be. But that's that self control. You might want to step over here and, and before you put that foot down, say, oh, nope, got to go this way. That's that self control because the Holy Spirit will tell you just that. As soon as you want to make that left, he tells you, nope, we're going right, sir. That's what he does. Mutual affection. Genuinely caring about the people of God. Growing in your friendships with other believers, each other. We're not here to be strangers. We're not here to be strangers. We are people of God. We are the family of God. That is the highest family it is on earth, on earth, the family of God. We are God's children. We must act like it. We must honor each other, love each other, respect each other, show that love to each other. And lastly, says love. Basically, love everyone. Everyone. Do you know of anyone within the Bible that Jesus didn't love? Everyone was afraid of everyone in the Bible who had the diseases. Jesus would tell him, "Come in, my child. You're welcome here. Let me put my hands on you." The love of Jesus sees no color, sees no race, sees no religion. The love of Jesus can break through evil. We don't hate no one because of their evil. You see all these mass shooting these killings all over the world, even in our neighborhoods. We don't hate that person. We pray for that person. We don't have hate in our heart. We have love in our hearts through the power of Jesus. The name above every name that we was talking about earlier. Jesus. That's why we're here. That love, that sacrifice, sacrificial love, that selfless love, that giving love, that serving others love. As Jesus did. Amen? Hallelujah. And as we go into 2 Peter 1.8, we pick up right here those characteristics that we just talked about. He says, for if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure, increasing measure, meaning they're just flowing out of you naturally. They're just coming at you. He says they will keep you from being ineffective. They will keep you from being unproductive in your knowledge, in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, as Christians, God has called us to be effective Christians. Effective Christians. To live an effective Christian life. Forever increasing in these qualities. Forever growing in our walk, in this journey. Of faith. So as we grow spiritually, we increase to grow in these qualities. So as you continue to grow, these qualities grow in you, church. We must practice them in our everyday lives. Every day. Because if you don't, if you're not aware, as we talked about earlier, the world will definitely pull them out of you. They will pull them out of you. And quick story, uh, this week, I I maybe missed the bus on that. I preached it and missed the bus, I believe. Because the world definitely pulled it out of me. I had a moment. I had a day. I had a day, not a moment. I had a whole day where my attitude sucked. I, I, I... did not represent Christ correctly. And the crazy thing about it, church, is I couldn't help it all. In that moment, I knew it was an attack, and so I, I went to repent of it and, and asked God to forgive me. But then the next hour, it happened again. It happened again. And I had to repent about it. I said, God, what's, what's going on? It was just strong. It was, it was just different spirits coming at you. And I repented that. Then I went home. Then I went home. And it happened again. I said, wow. And when I settled down, I had time to just be alone with the Lord. And when I settled down, That's when I got the phone call about Pastor Garland. And I said, wow. This day must end like this, huh? It was one of those days. It was one of those days. They will come. They will come. They will happen. Thank God for repentance, for our relationship with the Lord, to know where we stand. So I need to increase my measure of these things also. And as these characters incre- our characteristics increase in us, they will keep us from being ineffective, church. They will keep us from being unproductive in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to be effective. We want to be productive, right? So if you're growing in your faith, you will produce spiritual fruit that God can use. If you're not growing in your faith, your fruit maybe is rotten. God can't use that. But if you're growing in your faith, God will be able to use that spiritual fruit that you are growing, church. When you're growing in Christ, you don't have to force it. You don't have the strain to bring these out of you. They just flow naturally. Those fruits of the Spirit just flow naturally in you like an apple on a healthy apple tree. Beautiful. Spring forth to bless the world. Let those characteristics, church, grow in us. And we must grow in these qualities. Verse 9. There's that but again. But. Whoever does not, whoever does not have them, he says, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So Peter saying, whoever lacks these qualities are not growing in these qualities. So those who refuse to grow in these qualities are those who ignore the things of God, who don't spend time getting to know God, who don't spend time in their Bibles. Those who are, remember, under the Word instead of in the Word, reading your Bibles for yourself, studying your Bibles. Those who don't spend time in prayer with God, communion with God. It's hard to possess these qualities if you don't do these things. Those who don't come to the house of God, to fellowship with God's people, you wouldn't know that earn sharpens earn, that we need each other. You wouldn't know that. So Peter says, those who does not have these characteristics, these qualities, he says you're nearsighted. He says you are short-sighted. And you can only see as far as the world around you. And your short-sightedness has left you blind to the big picture. The big picture of heaven. The big picture of being more like Jesus. Instead, some have remain tied to these earthly possessions and the false promises of this fallen world. Some have forgot about when they cried out to God to be cleansed, to be washed, to be forgiven of their sins. They have put out of their mind all that Jesus has done for them. The fact that Jesus forgave them of the sins that they committed before they were saved. Forgot all about that. Forgot all about it. They forgot about the cleansing. They forgot about the baptism into new life. They forgot. The believers vow at baptism the public show of your faith telling the world that i have died to myself and now i live for christ some have forgotten those who do not possess these qualities have forgotten church so let's that not be us let's not be nearsighted or blind let's possess these characteristics and keep our mind on the big picture. Your commitment to God. Your commitment to God. Verse 10. And therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. It's a process. See, because you have been called. You have been elected. Because Jesus has given you the knowledge of him to be able to live morally good Christian lives without excuse. Because he has given you his great and precious promises so that you can participate in the divine nature of God, church. You can escape the corruption of this world. You don't have to be involved in it. He has given you everything you need to be set apart, to be different, to be changed, church. So, therefore, you must desire to increase in these qualities, these godly qualities, these godly characteristics, so that you don't be an ineffective or unproductive Christian. Continue to increase. And then you will be able to walk in your calling and your election as God's children. Eagerly, willingly. That's what it's all about, church. That's what it's all about. The second part of that verse. For if you do these things, he says, it's written, it's not my words. You will not stumble. You will not stumble. Meaning if you continue to add these qualities to your character, to your faith, you will not be (laughs) double-minded. You will not be unstable in all your ways. No. No. You will not be like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed all about with every word of anybody. No. You will be grounded. You will not be deceived by the false teaching of man, but you will stand on every word of God. Every word of God. Then you will begin to walk in that calling, walk in that election to be holy, to live a righteous life. That's his plan. You will be equipped with everything you need through the knowledge. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, church. Of Jesus Christ. And as we close in verse 11, and he says this all these things add to this. And you will receive, if you do these things, possess these qualities, you will receive a rich, a rich welcome into the kingdom, eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the reason for our faith, (laughs) to receive that welcome, to receive that welcome into heaven. For us Christians, we must remain firm and faithful in our spiritual growth and character. And then we will be welcomed with the rich, with honor with these desired words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the words that we desire when we leave this life. Amen? Amen. 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 Everything leads to this. So as I end this message here, and as we prepare to go into baptism. Before baptism, there is salvation. There is salvation. So if there's anyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if there's anyone who desires to renew that relationship, today is a day of salvation. A lot of us may be saved in here. But today we are going to have corporate salvation. Regardless, saved, I would like for you to stand to your feet if you can. If you can. You can say it out loud or you can say it within your heart. But I want right now for you to open your hearts. You ask God to open your heart that you may receive these words. That you may receive this prayer for us all to renew our relationship with Christ. Without a doubt, knowing that your salvation is real. Those that are live screaming, open your hearts. Ask God to open your hearts. To come into your homes as we recite the sinner's prayer. Open your hearts to God right now. And everybody in here could be saved. Can be saved. Can be a child of God. Let us pray. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him up from the grave to life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. Hallelujah, hallelujah, (laughs) hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that we have a new child of God in the house today or on live streaming. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.